Welcome to the Funeral Fact Podcast. Our goal is to lift the veil of mystery from funeral customs and traditions for our listeners from around the globe. I'm your host, Jeff Casper. But before we get started with today's program, I wanted to welcome all of our new subscribers in the United States, Canada, Europe, and Asia. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're growing by leaps and bounds, and you can help even more people find us by subscribing in iTunes, Apple Podcast, or the Google Play Music Store. You can also subscribe with just a click on our website, funeralfact.com. Please leave a review in iTunes or Google Play Music if you enjoy the show, and again, that will just help others find the program. Today we're going to be exploring what's involved to be uh, attend a private mortuary college. We're very fortunate to have with us today Dr. Joseph Marsala, who is the Dean of Faculty and Students and Chief Operating Officer of the Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is on the East Coast of the United States. Welcome, Dr. Marsala. How are you today? Thank you very much, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to today's show because we've had uh, funeral directors in the past with us and, and uh, explaining different elements. And, you know, they generally will refer back to the, the mortuary college uh, that yes. they went to. And it's, it's uh, uh, fascinating to me, all of the elements, as I've done research for this program and others, that go into that education. And so I'm, I'm really glad that we can um, have you with us. Now, first of all, I have to ask you were, you know, you're going to school and you're getting your degrees and you're ready to go. And how do you end up being um, uh, the chief operating officer uh, of the uh, Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science? It, it seems like there's a lot of different paths you could have taken. Uh, yeah. what, what brought you here? Well, there are some other paths I have taken as well prior to entering funeral service. Uh, I was in the United States Marine Corps four years after high school. After that, I was a Philadelphia police officer for four and a half years, went to college full-time in Philadelphia. Then I came out to Pittsburgh to attend mortuary school to be a funeral director. My calling started uh, even when I was in the young in grade school. I felt that I was, was interested in funeral service. Uh, after I did get licensed, I stayed in Pittsburgh. I ran a, mort- a, a large funeral home in Pittsburgh for about 12 years, worked at the school part-time over the years, and I always desired I had the drive for education. I just love education. So I went back to school, got my bachelor degree, master degree, and eventually a doctoral degree. So my affiliation with the school has grown from a part-time uh, employee to embalmer tra- and working in the preparation room to a full-time instructor and then opening in, uh, to the position of chief operating officer. It, it is interesting how different paths through our life lead us to where we you know, are at a given time. Um, and by the way, thank you for your service uh, in the uh, Marine oh, Corps. That's... Thank you. You're welcome. Now, uh, how long has the Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science been around? Our school was founded in 1939. Mm-hmm. We are one of the uh, first and oldest mortuary programs in the country. Right now, there are 59 programs throughout the United States. Uh, of the 59, Jeff, about 
there's probably only about 10 of us that are private schools, such as PIMS. We have our own building facilities staff. So we had our uh, 75th anniversary a couple years ago. So we are proud of our history where we came and, as I said, our reputation uh, Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science is known throughout the not only the United States but literally throughout the world. Well, it, I, I'm just in in doing the research. I was very very impressed with the uh, different programs that you offer and the different modes of of learning, which we'll get into in just a minute. Yes. Um, so, if if I am considering uh, a career in in mortuary science, what kind of subjects would be required uh, as my course of study at PIMS? What you would want to consider a prospective student would be a liberal arts curriculum such as um, microbiology, anatomy, and then there are the arts courses, psychology, sociology. It's a mixture of liberal arts. So most people would think that going to a mortuary school, you just focus on working on you know, the dead human body or embalming, but it's more uh, the sciences today are less as far as, um, I mean, we, there's still the embalming, anatomy, restorative art, microbiology, but there's a bigger focus today on the psychology. We have courses in death and children, world religions, psychology of grief. So the subjects required uh, to start the program would help a, would be beneficial in those courses I just mentioned. It's a rigorous program. And I think, and we take students right from high school as well. So even in high school, a student that would have, you know, an anatomy lab or uh, microbiology, chemistry, that would be very beneficial. Now, are, are classes offered during the daytime, or is it also at nighttime? So someone could uh, be working at their current job and and be studying um, at PIMS. Just the, the campus program is only daytime. Uh, okay. Our class hours are basically from 8 a.m. to 1.30, Monday through Friday. So if someone wanted to attend the campus program, it would be only daytime and weekday classes. Uh, we do have a very successful online program, which we can uh, delve into either now or later on. But. Well, yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about that because that's very innovative um, as far as allowing people who may not physically be at the moment uh, in Philadelphia to be able to continue and, or begin their education. So tell us a little bit yes. about the online program. Surely. It's an exciting program. Uh, we started our, we were the first mortuary school in the country to have a complete online program up and running and that was 17 years ago. In 2000, we uh, started our first class. So we've been quite successful. We have students uh, presently and have had students literally in every state throughout the country. Students do the entire program online, the theory, the courses, like they would at any other university or school. They would have to come here for eight days to do the um, we call it the restorative art laboratory practicum. And then at the end of the program, when they complete, they would have to come in to test out with a comprehensive exam. So it, take, it would take about 20 months to complete 
the program online, whereas full-time on campus, it would take one year. Okay, so but but the thought is, of course, is that they're not going to be staying online uh, from 8 to one thirty Monday through Friday, so that would make sense. No. It would take a little bit yes, longer. Yes, it's very, the courses, the online program, it's very regulated. The instructors are, um, they're in the courses every day. There is no set time where everyone has to be in the course the same time because of the time zones throughout the country. Mm-hmm. But there are assignments, weekly, daily assignments. The quizzes, exams are given online. There's uh, interaction, discussion, participation that's required. But it's um, we feel it's very successful, and it wouldn't be, of course. We wouldn't be where we're at now if it weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you you wouldn't have it going for so long if it wasn't. Um, now, with the uh, you had mentioned that you had folks from all of the fifty states here. Can someone who isn't a U.S. citizen apply or attend online or even come to Pittsburgh and? and Most definitely, uh, Jeff. Yes, okay. and we had uh, applicants that are interested from uh, international from other countries. They can apply to our school. The only really thing, what we would focus on would be a student visa. Mm -hmm. And we do work with them on that. There's an I-20 form that is required. We would have them complete that and send that in because that would be issued by the consulate uh, to have a student visa. And we've had students uh, from uh, uh, Trinidad primarily from uh, that would come to the States, complete the program, uh, and then Typically, it's a one-year visa, and mm-hmm. that could be extended. That would be between the consulate and that student. Okay. Now, is uh, the admission process, is it competitive, or is it just based on the individual's application, of course, given the space physically that you have there um, at the school? We have an admissions committee that reviews every application for campus and online. We do have stringent uh, policies, such as grades. We do look at a high school grades. We look, if somebody comes in with college work, we do look at their college grades. So as far as being competitive, I'd say yes, admissions is. We're, we'd rather have the, you know, the quality of a student than have all seats filled, and we don't do that. It's just we do want to make sure that the student receives and for their benefit as well if they're going to put the time and expense into attending a program we want to make sure that they are eligible and they're going to have the best experience here uh, in their studies and actually we we are looks like we're coming up against the break but when we get back what i'd like to also talk about at that point is what are the qualities uh that you've seen that really make the most successful students and that are able to adapt, as well as what are some of the challenges that folks face uh, that they may not have had the opportunity to be exposed, you know, completely to uh, the funeral industry. Um, And uh, we'll be back, like I said, in in just a few moments. But listeners, don't go away. Uh, We uh, will be right back. And don't forget to visit FuneralFact.com for information on this show, as well as how to contact our guests, what's in store for upcoming episodes. And really, what's most important is to give us your feedback and ideas on future shows that we'll be having, because 
Ideas for shows just like this one came directly from listeners just like you. And of course, you can subscribe at the website. And uh, if you think you would be a great guest for the show, you can let us know there too, because we are ready to go and always willing to listen. So we'll be right back. Senior Helpers provides essential information, in-home care, and support for seniors living with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, and other disabling diseases. We spoke with renowned occupational therapist, Tipa Snow, about some of the myths surrounding Alzheimer's disease. Some of the myths about dementia and Alzheimer's is that people aren't trying and that maybe we should push them harder. There's a point at which the brain is dying, and so people are doing the best they can in that moment. What we could do is change how we go about it. Another myth is that it's all genetic. Not necessarily, lifestyle matters. How we live our life makes a difference. We also know that not everybody will get it. It's not something that for sure, as you age, you will develop. For more information on Senior Helpers, please visit us online at seniorhelpers.com. Senior Helpers is a member of the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. We are this close. We're this close. We are this close. Of our entity to making history. This close to changing the world. We are this close. This close. This close to making sure no child suffers a crippling disease. Ever again. This close. We are this close to ending polio. To ending polio. All we need is you. Is you. This close. If we donate now, we may lose this chance forever. Help Rotary make history at endpolionow.org. Moore's Mission Funeral Home asks, how do you want to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as somebody who treated people with love and respect. I'd like to be remembered as someone who brought happiness to others. I'd like to be remembered as someone who made other people feel important. I want to be remembered as the sunshine gal who was a compassionate listener with unconditional love. I would like to be remembered as a loving husband and father. I'd like to be remembered as the one that was fun and loving. How would you like to be remembered? And who will tell your story? Start to tell your unique personal story by calling Moore's Mission Funeral Home in Concord at 925-682-1100. It's your story to tell. What will be said about you? Call Moore's Mission Funeral Home at 925-682-1100. Let us help tell your story. Licensed California Funeral Home, CAFD-873. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. our conversation with Dr. Joseph Marsala from the Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, when we left, uh, I said that I wanted to talk about, you know, what are the qualities that that would make someone successful in your program and in the, the funeral industry overall, do you think? 
Jeff, what a person would want to consider, this profession is very sacred. When I say that, I mean it's one of the most um, sacred professions as far as what a what you could do for other people. It's not so much working with the deceased as it is the survivors. I think a person has to be passionate about what they want to do. Um, if they job shadowed at a funeral home, that could be a good opportunity. But most of us are called to this profession. We don't necessarily select it. As I said, I wore other many hats before I decided to enter funeral service, but it's something I always wanted to do. So coming to thinking about this profession to be a funeral director and bomber, it's it should be it's very exciting. It's one of the most fascinating careers in in the world, I think. And those that are interested, there's so many people that you can talk to, other other funeral directors. You can come to our school at any time. We have an admissions office. We have counselors that could sit down and meet with you, show you a tour. And even our website is very detailed as far as the courses. So you would want to look into the studies, what's involved. And the program is not easy. It's cha- it is challenging. It's not difficult as far as we couldn't get through but the time has to be put into to your studies well and i think that's like so many things it's you'd have to apply yourself and and i would imagine that because you're dealing with with folks who are in really probably one of the most situa- worst situations that they will be in um, it does take a high level of empathy and, and compassion to be able to guide them through that process because, unfortunately, most people, although we will all experience it, don't plan for it, and um, which is a topic for another <laughs> um, uh, segment. But, you know, you had said something right there that, that did uh, uh, ring a bell with me. You, you were uh, a police officer. Well, you've been in the military, then you're a police officer. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what, how old were you when you decided went from being a police officer to to uh, going to school to be a funeral director and and embalmer? Well, actually, I didn't start mortuary school until I was uh, thirty two. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. it, it is quite possible to you know you, you don't have to be eighteen or or nineteen Not or at whatever. All. Not at all. Uh, younger, I know younger people do challenge. Um, they're challenged with what they want to do after they get out of high school. It's a big decision and commitment. And sometimes uh, the, you know, people don't make that right decision. They may change careers as they go through life. But to understand funeral service and what we do, it's a profession that's been around from the beginning of time. We're one of the first you know, professions. Man is always buried its dead with dignity and care. And that's why when I look back, one of my interests was the dead, because I, I was very interested in the Egyptian period, and that was the beginning of funeral service and embalming as we know it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've had the opportunity to be in Egypt and study the Egyptians and see the uh, sarcophagus and the, the pharaoh, the graves, as well as Lenin's tomb. I was in the Soviet Union on two occasions. And having traveled and seeing that no matter where you go in the world, People have this diversity, of course, but they also have what we call cultural 
relativism. We can all relate to one another as far as what we do. Cultures are different. People practice different ways of doing things. But as a funeral director in the United States, I'm also a member of the British Institute of Embalmers. I've had the occasion to be in um, England several occasions. What we do there is really not a whole lot different, but funeral service and a funeral director anywhere in the world is a person that cares for the dead, but is also caring for the living, the survivors, understanding their grief, what they're going through. We may never know exactly how they feel. We shouldn't because everyone grieves differently. But as you mentioned, the word empathy, we need to be very empathetic, understanding, and know how to get that person through their grief to that period of acceptance of the death. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, after you've completed the, a student has completed the course of study at PIMS, um, they would need to go to their respective state and then do whatever licensing tests would be applicable for that state. Is that correct? Yes, there is a process, a series of steps. Uh, once you are admitted into the program, complete the program, the mortuary school, we have what's called a comprehensive exam. Mm-hmm. After that, the student needs to take the national board examination. So every mortuary program in the country, every student would take the national board examination to be able to be licensed in their state. So the 50 states, each state has a state board of funeral directors, and they are the licensing agency, the regulatory board that would distribute the license, and they could also revoke it or suspend it, too, if there's any disciplinary measures. And once you're licensed as a funeral director and bomber, then what you, uh, where you go from that point, it will be up to you. Now, some states do have two licensures, two licenses, such as if you just wanted to be a funeral director but not an embalmer, the state of Ohio, for example, would be one of those states. So if you wanted just to be a funeral director, just meet with families and direct funerals, you would serve two years of an internship working at a funeral home, take the exams, but you would not have anything to do with embalming of the body, just be funeral director. Okay. Well, I'm sure here in California we have a bunch of extra regulations because that just seems to be the way things work. <laughs> California <laughs> is a very regulated uh, state, yes. Yeah. Um, now, a, a number of our listeners are, are uh, of course, from throughout the United States as well as, strange, you know, strangely enough, our second largest group of subscribers are in um, Asia. Um, so if someone was going to be coming uh, to Pittsburgh, they would be relocating as, as part of that acceptance process. And can you assist them with housing? And you mentioned that you can help with the visa or show them the process for that. Uh, but uh, kind of point them in the right would. direction. Surely. Actually, Jeff, the, um, I've been to, the, to China, Japan on many occasions, on several occasions. And we've had a student from uh, Sapporo, Japan, attend our program here on campus. So, again, he went through the visa process, went through our program, and he has a large family firm in northern Japan. So, yes, the uh, student, whether they be anywhere in Asia or any other country, 
the uh, we do provide or assist with housing. We don't have a campus uh, dorm, but there are numerous funeral homes uh, in the close proximity of the school, and these funeral homes take both men and women to live and work there while they're going to school. Oh, so it's, okay. a, it's a financial savings. We're very fortunate that way that we have the number of funeral homes in the county of Pittsburgh here that take funeral students to work and live there while they're going to school. Wow, that's uh, that's a, a huge bonus because, of course, then they're getting, I would presume, real-life experience as well. Very much, very um, much so. They have the opportunity to work at that funeral home. They're having their studies. They're able to apply that while they're working. They have that extra experience and, and hands-on. So whether they even whether they be from Ohio and they move to Pittsburgh to go to school, a funeral home could help them uh, with their housing. Well, uh, again, that's a, that's a, a huge um, opportunity there for students. And now, many of, the, many of these funeral homes, just to mention real quickly, are even mm-hmm. a walking distance of the school. Oh, wow. So it's not as though they have to travel. If they didn't have a car, they could, uh, you know, with the transportation in Pittsburgh, anyhow, which is very good, students could literally walk uh, from several of the funeral home locations. Now, I don't want to get into specifics of the cost of the school because I don't know when folks are going to be listening. This episode's produced in 2017, but they could be listening to it a few years later. Um, But uh, are there financial aid programs, either through student loans and that kind of a thing, that would be applicable? Oh, yes. Our school is no different than any other college or university. We have a full-time financial aid officer. And uh, so in addition to all of the FAFSA and all the education grants and loans, we have that available, as I said, just like any other school. We also have scholarships available. We're one of the mortuary schools that we, I think it's about $50,000 a year that we give, that we have available in scholarship monies to our students. Wow. That's, that is excellent as well. Now, of course, we've talked about what it would be like to, and to go to uh, uh, the college and, and, and go through the process. What do you think the, the job outlook is for someone that, that is attending the school? Is it uh, pretty good at this point? It's not pretty good. It's very good. <laughs> the job opportunities right now are open. A graduate from our school, probably any school, could go anywhere in the country right now and secure a job without a problem. Okay, there's actually, well, there's actually going to be a shortage of qualified uh, good funeral directors in the coming years because a lot of funeral home owners and the bombers um, are baby boomers and a lot are retiring. And as we speak, I have just today I received two phone calls from funeral homes looking for students for interns. So the job okay. opportunities out—it's—it's it's wonderful at this point. There's a, um, a a good number of facilities throughout the country that are looking to hire not only interns from mortuary school but also funeral directors. Okay, excellent. That's. Uh... I'm going to wrap it up for us uh, this week. I can't believe the our time together just 
you know, uh, went away so quickly and just seemed to fly by. So uh, again, um, I can't thank you enough, Dr. Marsama from the uh, Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science. Again, go to funeralfact.com, which is our website. You'll find a link uh, to PIMS, the uh, Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science, which is actually much easier to say. And uh, I want to uh, thank you, all of our listeners uh, from around the world, and to uh, just keep things going. And, and I appreciate your sub- subscriptions as well as all of your feedback. And um, we really love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Jeff Casper wishing you great days and good luck. broadcast is copyright 2017 Casper Media. All rights reserved.